Welcome to the Poetic Resurrection Podcast, where we explore perceptions. How self-reflecting questions can give you a better understanding of self. I'm your host, Sonia Iris Lozada. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome. Today we have Melissa Da Silva, and she is a poet. We're going to discuss her book, Lose Me, and she will be releasing a new book in August called Last Kiss. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, Sonia. <laughs> oh, yeah. I read your book, and it, what I like is that it's an easy book to read. Thank you for that, <laughs> because you could get the emotion and everything right through it. It's about being in an unhealthy love relationship. Can you tell me more about Lose Me? So I wrote Lose Me during my relationship. And like when we would fight, I would be up like till midnight, past midnight, 2 a.m. writing how I felt. So it was very much like therapy for me. Um, When I wrote all of this, I didn't realize um, that I played my part in, in the book too. And what inspired the name is that I lost myself trying to love somebody else. So I called it Lose Me because I lost myself and he lost me too. So that's why I called it Lose Me. (laughs) Oh, perfect. For the audience, we are going to read a couple of poems and we're going to discuss them. And the first one she's going to read is Lose Me. Making excuses for your behavior, finding reasons to forgive you that work in your favor, creating scenarios in my mind of better times, shutting my eyes to indiscretions, choosing to see the good. Lately, I'm finding that hard to do. I like that because I think most of us have gone through relationships that we have a really difficult time with. We want to understand, but at the same time, what part did you play in giving up yourself, shutting my eyes to indiscretions? Things would happen and I would just kind of, most of the fights you have, apparently there are no solutions. I think I would hold on to a lot of resentment about things because things never got fixed. So they would just add up and pile up and pile up. And then, you know, you blow up. It was kind of like that. In losing yourself and and keeping the indiscretion. So they kept building. But once they kept building, were you addressing them as they're building? Or did you wait till the end where you just couldn't take it anymore? In my relationship, when I would try to talk, I would be very defensive already. So when I feel like when you come and you talk to somebody and you're defensive, naturally they get defensive. So then it's like they're yelling, you're yelling, and you're not communicating. You're not hearing uh, each other, right? So I think that's what kind of we'd always fight. So sometimes I wouldn't bring things up because I knew it was going to be, and I tried to just let it go to keep the peace, and it would just make things worse. (laughs) I've uh, been there. <laughs> yeah. And it's only in retrospect do you realize that what your part was in it. And mm-hmm. also you realize yeah. a lot of insecurities because when you don't want to fight, it's because you don't want to lose. Exactly. I yeah. found that if I went through that, I was afraid of losing the relationship and I didn't want to lose the relationship. Melissa is going to read us fighting. Fighting, screaming at the top of my lungs, hoping you'd come to your senses communication with you, cutting you off mid-sentence, accusations, making excuses, truth is, nothing you say makes a difference, 
through anger, we can't seem to agree. So when you cut off someone mid mid sentence, what were you feeling? I would honestly, I would cut him off. And I just want to say I went to therapy for all of this. <laughs> <laughs> I go, oh, no wonder you're so well adjusted now. Okay. Yeah, that's why I'm like, so like, it's not like so neutral about it. So yeah, I would cut him off because I just felt like anything he would say would just be an excuse. But like I, when I was talking to my therapist, I told her that and she's like, you know what, regardless if you want to hear what people say or not, you have to listen, like it's a part of communication. So like, like I spent the whole book saying like, oh, he didn't communicate. But I played my part by not listening, like regardless if I liked it or not, I had I had to listen to what he had to say. And it's sometimes hard. It is. Yeah. I found that after I went through situations like that, because they're so heated, everything they say, you gave away some of your power. And in a relationship, you share the power. And when you give away your power and they, and it hurts so bad, you do get defensive because it's like a a little thing they say, it's like a stab in the heart because you love this person and you care about them. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it is I find having, taking our power back. And when we take our power back, we can listen. We can hear Mm -hmm. the other person. I really thank you for sharing that about fighting because so many people, it happens and many people don't take the responsibility with it. True. It took me a few years to really understand, uh, you know, I, I, I did things too. And yeah, it takes two to tango, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Tell me why is another one of your poems. Tell me why. Tell me why. Why did I believe I deserve to be hurt by you? Why did I try to catch you when you were willing to let me fall? Why did I pull you in when you pushed me away? Why did I try harder when you stopped trying? And why did I give you my heart when I knew you didn't have one? Oh, that's, that's a pretty intense one. Because I like when you were willing to let me fall. Do you think in that moment, in that situation, when he was willing to let you fall, do you feel that it was his way of getting back at you? Or was it his way of teaching you a lesson? I feel like it was kind of like a way to get back at me, you know? Mm-hmm. When I think when people do things that are like intentional, I, you know, they want to hurt you. It's like they're hurt. So they want you to hurt too. Mm -hmm. They want you to feel the pain that they went through. Yeah, exactly. Instead of just like having healthy communication and just, you know, admitting that they're hurt. Sometimes I'm not even going to lie. It's easier just to get back in the person. (laughs) But it doesn't make anyone feel better at the end of the day, you know? No, it doesn't. And in the long run, it gives you more regrets. Mm -hmm. That's that's very true. Did I give you my heart when I knew you didn't have one? That's intense. (laughs) (laughs) You know, sometimes when people try to get back at you, it feels very heartless. Yes. You know, and there are things that people do. It's like, and I think this is a line in my book. It says like, you don't hurt people you love. Yeah, that's where that line came inspired from. (laughs) Well, when someone hurts you so much, and it's because you are so vulnerable. Mm -hmm. I think people getting into relationships know how devastating it is. But I think when we rely so much on another person, it's because we don't have self-acceptance and we think that they're going to make us whole. And when they don't and they hurt us, it's like, you feel betrayed it's true but I think our perception of at least for me I had like a perception of love that they're supposed to take care of you they're supposed to love you 
you know, love conquers all like, you know, I've always heard these things like growing up, but that's not true. Like, and I learned that I had to love myself. Like I was codependent. I did need him for a lot. I learned a lot that I had to love myself. I had to be independent. People aren't going to love you if you don't love yourself. Because they lose respect for you. Yeah, exactly. You teach people how to love you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And you know, it's just, let's say you have a business and you know what your hourly rate is. That is your value. So when people haggle your value, sometimes Mm -hmm. you don't want to do business with them because they're not respecting that boundary. The same Mm -hmm. thing with love. This is who I am. Also having self-acceptance and respect, you have to also understand what the other person's going through Mm -hmm. and understand their story. And sometimes their stories don't match your stories. You're not compatible. It's very true. It doesn't matter how much you love the person. If you're not compatible, you're not compatible. You could be great friends, but that doesn't mean you'll be great in a relationship. I learned that awe is the other poem that I thought I'd really like. I learned that all I needed was to love myself. You taught me the greatest lesson I needed to learn, what I didn't deserve. You taught me independence because I could never rely on you. That's putting our needs and perceptions, yet with our needs and perceptions, we're taught those lessons. So I look at how hard you had to learn those lessons. So tell me more about what you were feeling when you wrote this one. The poems towards the end are me kind of reflecting on it after, like years after. And any like thing I go through, I try to take away the good from it. I'm like, okay, well, it happened. I can't do anything about that. What can I take away from it? And what I took away from that was that I'm very independent at times that people didn't help me, even though in the in the moment I did want their help. But after I was like, but look at me now, like I'm independent and I don't need to rely on anybody. Like I'm fine. That was the lesson. And that's what inspired that one. Mm -hmm. Another one. And this is going back hard for me to walk away. (laughs) You do mention that you did remember some good times. Hard for me to walk away. Remembering the good times, even though there were only a few. After everything you did, I wish I didn't love you. You can search the world, my love. You'll never find anyone who loved you as much as I did. I feel like when you break up with somebody, you start seeing all the good moments and things. So that's what um, inspired that one. And then I was reflecting and I was like, you know what? I really loved him. So it's his loss. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So there, because I have value, damn it. And it's true, but I always find it so curious that the hardest times in our lives are made to move us forward. I completely agree with that. Because I've had heartache relationships. I have a funny one. I really wanted to break up with this guy that I was with for mm-hmm. you know, a year or two already. Because he everything was his way. But my responsibility was that I let him get away mm-hmm. with it. And actually, we should have never been dating. We were just not compatible. He was a friend before and he became a friend, a friend afterwards because we were friends for over a year before we started dating. But I remember he actually broke up with me, but I already had told my (laughs) sister I'm going to break up with him. Right. So he just beat me to it. I was so happy that he broke up with me. And I said, oh, I'm so glad because I was feeling the same way. And he actually got upset that I was happy. (laughs) He was breaking up with me. 
And then he goes, well, I've never had anybody be happy. Yeah, I was breaking up with them. Good. I'm like, yeah. no, because I was feeling the same. <laughs> yeah, you just made it easy for me. You should be happy. I'm not going to fight you. I'm not going to mm-hmm. you know, say anything to you. I'm going to agree with you. And I thought that was a funny thing too. It's like he wanted to break my heart, but it's like, oh, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. But we became friends later. He apologized for his behavior. He kind of found himself, but I was in total agreement. And with the breakup, I it was just great guy, not for me. Oh, really? In fact, he got married <laughs> and invited me to his wedding. That's how good friends we became. Yeah. yeah. And I was so happy he got married because see, that's what he wanted. When you care about someone, you don't, mm-hmm. you don't stop them from following their dreams. Sometimes we hold on to somebody because we think we're incomplete without them. Mm-hmm. It's very selfish That's, or selfish reasons. Yeah. And we don't even think about it. When I have been in love with someone and it wasn't coming back my way, my question was mm-hmm. always, well, how could you not love me? I love you. But why did I love him? Because yeah. I needed something from him. You, you ask yourself all these questions. Why? All about me. I'm no longer hurting. I'm no longer weak. I don't need your love. I'm everything I will ever need. Now, you say it took you a couple of years to write mm-hmm. this and to go through the experience. When you did this poem, what made you say, I'm going to publish? Well, I wanted to publish it about two years ago. And I kind of went back and forth because I wanted to tell the the true story. But every time I would write about it, like I would wait months, and then my perspective would change on it. I'd be like, Oh, I don't really feel that way anymore. Like, this is how I feel. So I kind of struggled with what do I want this story to be? But I wanted it to be as close to my own personal story as it could be. So the story kind of changed. I added the poems towards the end, more when I started healing. During the relationship, I feel like I really felt like I needed him to love me. And then that would make me lovable. But all I needed was myself. And like, now I'm so good by myself. I I like love being by myself. (laughs) I do too. I grew up in a real loving family. That's a good thing because it makes you more stable. At the same time, I always thought, well, you know, I'll just be me. Everybody's going to love me anyway. (laughs) They do not. It's, and it's true. You, and you learn that. Yeah. And it was a, a hard lesson to learn because not everybody is going to love you. Mm-hmm. Everyone has their own story. How do you think your story has changed? During our pre-interview, I told you I lost my job, which I'm fine with. I'm fine with that. I lost it because I started getting more into writing and trying to advertise my book. And, and I want to write other books too. Um, so now I'm just trying to build a life where I'm going to be happy, where I'm always going to take care of my needs before I take care of somebody else's. And some people may think, oh, that's really selfish. I feel like I have a lot more to give other people now because I I set boundaries for myself because I take care of myself first. Like I feel like a lot of times when you don't set, set boundaries for yourself, that's what gets you defensive. That's what makes you mad. And I learned that through therapy because I told her, I said, sometimes mm-hmm. I get really upset. And then she's like, it's because, you know, you feel like people are taking advantage of you and you really need to learn to set boundaries. And so I'm, the boundaries are something I'm learning right now. Like I'm trying to set them. And, you know, mm-hmm. when I feel like, oh, something's not right here, I take a minute and I meditate or I think I have to think about it. Yeah. And sometimes, 
being by yourself mm-hmm. and self-reflecting helps you be able to set those boundaries. Because I'm an avid meditator. I'm also a teacher mm-hmm. on Inside Timer. You do need to set the boundaries. And then you know what you can give because you know mm-hmm. what your boundaries exactly, are. Exactly, yeah. And you know what you won't put up with beforehand. It's good to know things before you go into them because I, I noticed a lot of the times I would be in there and people would do something and I'd be like, I don't like this, but I don't know why. And I don't know how to speak up right now. So I'd have to go. And then, you know, you avoid things because it's hard. <laughs> and then the next thing you know, you're mad. <laughs> yes, been there. Um, mostly with, yes, with work. Um, I've worked at certain jobs just for the purpose of mm-hmm. making money because you have to pay the bills. I live in Los Angeles. Los Angeles is pretty mm-hmm. expensive to live in. The pandemic was actually a godsend in terms of it gave me time to be home and mm-hmm. reflect. On the other end, it was a horrible thing with so many people dying and people losing jobs. And I mean, it affected me financially too. My hours yeah. were cut. The perception of how you deal with those bad situations. Some people just went off the deep end and were angry. And the sad thing is some people committed suicide. But at the same time, you felt that if you were in that point in your life, you could have taken that time to really work on yourself because you can't change the situation. The situation is, it is what it was during the time. Now, how can we improve ourselves? Do you want to discuss a little bit about your book that you're going to be releasing? So Last Kiss is inspired by I Lost My First Love. Um, He passed away. So that book is inspired by that. It's more sad like than Lose Me. It's a lot more sad. But I do like to put in the lessons in my book, which I do put in that book because I spent a lot of years not accepting it. Just in my mind, he was still alive. That's what inspired Last Kiss. So it's very sad. (laughs) Yeah, it seems like there's a soul attachment because that's what this season is about. It's about the soul and the journey of the soul. I really find that whatever is put in front of us is for our soul to learn. I agree. I agree. I had to, to go through a lot of hard things because I didn't accept it for what it was. And that's why I struggled because I didn't accept it. I was like, no, I can change this situation. I can change it. And I was, I just had to accept it and just put it down. And I'm a lot better with that now. Just, Mm -hmm. yes, I accept, like, I don't want it, but I have to accept it. You can't control what people do to you. You can only control yourself. And especially when you're a doer, you feel like you can fix it. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt. I can fix it. I can handle it. I can fix it. Let me see. (laughs) I'll just change them so that I can fix it. Because that's what really we're doing. We're trying to change the other person so we can fix it. That's not how it works. We have to work on us, fix us. And then the situation will either get stronger or separate. Sometimes the letting go part is the hardest, but it is the most emotionally stabilizing. You really get happier Mm -hmm. at the end. Most people are afraid to go through that change and accept the fact that they had a part in what happened. That's the most important part because people like it's so easy to blame other people. And I did that in my book, Lose Me. I blamed him. And then I was like, whoa, like I did the things that I I was accusing him. Like I did all of it too. So, you know, I played my part in it. How you feel is reflected on others. 
Isn't it strange how if you think about something that pisses you off and that other person will do exactly what pisses you off? <laughs> it's like, I'm like, wait a minute. I'm thinking that. Why are they acting it? You know, yeah. so they kind so it's a what self-fulfilling yeah. prophecy. You attract what you are. <laughs> do attract what you are. And it's and it's a weird thing to see it thrown mm-hmm. back at you. It's true. Because that's what happens. I knew in the first one, in your first book, because I haven't read your second one, Lose Me, that there was anger there because the use of the word you. <laughs> when you use yeah. the word you, it automatically puts the person into the defensive. Yeah. You did this. You, you, you. Even when you use it in a nice way, did you do this? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, what do you want? What, what do you want to do about this? It comes a defensive. So I really work hard on not to use the word you because I didn't yes. know that. And what I learned recently is the word why can also mm-hmm. do it. I go, really? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why? why are they saying now to use <laughs> I statements, right? Like, oh, I feel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because you don't want to yeah. say you, you automatically put someone It's like, oh, wait, I'm being accused yes, of something. What? So true. I love you that know? you picked that up. <laughs> but I, yeah, it's like you, 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 you. How I'm many like, you's oh are in this book? <laughs> It's, in this book, <laughs> let me do a word lose count. Me, not lose you. <laughs> <laughs> or you, yeah, you, 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 true. but it does. And it, and I think that actually helps you tell your story because it shows your anger. You're using that word. You, you're putting him mm-hmm. on the defensive, but then you also reflect and accept the part that you mm-hmm. have in it. And I think that's beautiful because when I started reading your book, I'm like, is this going to continue to be <laughs> Just <end?"> be a bitter. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's really angry. Let me, okay, middle book, middle book. I go, oh, no, I see how she's going. She's slowly through the poems redeeming herself until she has the self-acceptance. And I thought that was beautiful because it turned from muse to eyes. You know what? I That gave me the chills. I didn't even notice that I did that until <laughs> you pointed that out. <laughs> Yeah, because it's like I'm reading it. And like I said, because I, I love the fact that it was simple, because sometimes people give me books and they say, I'll read my book before the end. Yeah. Like, I'm a writer, too. I don't have the time to go through a thick book. Send yeah. me a summary, because I find that if it's your book, you should know your book. Tell the audience what you were feeling. Tell the audience what you were going through. And I really appreciate that. And it's so funny because you said you didn't see it, but subconsciously mm-hmm. it went from you I know. to I. <laughs> you know so uh that's that's really cool <laughs> I thought it was on purpose but that's good it was not <laughs> until you pointed it out <laughs> yeah which is what I'm everything I will ever need it's a great way mm-hmm. to end the book is there anything okay, that you want to let us know about you, about what you're doing, about... I'm writing poetry books. I really enjoy writing. I didn't know that I wanted to even be a writer. Honestly, Lose Me was just a project that I just kind of was like, let me see, like I've been writing since I was 18. I had a box Mm -hmm. filled with poetry and I was just like, you know, I, I didn't even submit it to publishers because I didn't think that I would even get in. So I just kind of researched it and I just did it the self publishing route. So it started off and then I, I, I actually realized, I, oh, I really enjoy writing and editing. So I would like to make a living out of it if I 
Okay. Ditto. I, I feel the same way. I did. You know, it's funny how so many poets, there are some poets that automatically, they just got out there, started performing. But what I find mm-hmm. is many poets and myself included, I would write and it was my therapy and I throw it in a drawer, almost afraid yeah. or a little ashamed to let people look at it because I mm-hmm. felt vulnerable with it. I also self-publish. For me to release that first book was really difficult because now everything that I felt that I was keeping to myself, I'm exposing to the general public. By you doing that, did you think that it would help you let go? You know what? I didn't think that, Mm -hmm. but it did. I feel like reading it and talking about it helped me to let go. It helped me to see that I was a part of it too. Because I didn't realize that in the really when we were together, I didn't realize that I honestly always blamed him. He knows that. It's always a guy's fault. But look at what we Yeah, I was like <laughs> look at what we do to poor guys. Like I grew up thinking that a man should be a knight in shining armor. Why? I'm no princess. Yeah, exactly. I put a lot of it on him. Yeah, yeah. because we're mm-hmm. brought up to think that way. And I think it's unfair True. to guys. Then they try to live up to that fallacy that is way too hard to even live up to. And so there ends up being anger on Mm -hmm. both sides of the relationship because our expectations are not realistic for each other. Exactly. And like needs aren't being met. And I didn't know how to express my needs. Now I'm getting better with communicating and like saying, yes, I need this. I understand more now what I need. I have more independence now too. I'm not like codependent. (laughs) And it takes a lot of work not to do that because one, you don't even know. It's true. You don't even know you're codependent. I know. I didn't realize a lot of things about myself because it was so easy to just blame him, to be honest. It is always easier to blame somebody else (laughs) and not take a role in it. Until I started going to therapy and then talking about it. And then she was like, no, like you're a people pleaser. And I'm just, I'm just like, you know what? I never thought I was because I'm very stubborn and I do things on my terms. You sometimes you don't even, I don't even realize that I'm doing it. And now I stop to think about it. And it, it's improved my, my relationships with everybody to realizing that. That's true. I mean, there's so many things you understand about yourself. It was funny. I once had a boss that told me I was stubborn and I'm like, I'm not stubborn. <laughs> and I, and, and I'm, I'm really not. <laughs> And it was in a work environment. Yeah. So, you know, I'm used, I, was, I used to be director of administration. I'm used to doing management. So when he said that to mm-hmm. me, I said, excuse me, I am not stubborn. I am bossy. Get it right. Like that's so much better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. It, um, that's it's not... like the words people use sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> bossy sounds better than stubborn. Right. But I am. I, you know, when, when it comes to business, I had, So much time to put into the financial part. So you have to be in business. It wasn't Mm -hmm. my pleasure to be that way, honestly, because I'm a very much a people person. I like to talk to people. I like to be funny. And you wouldn't think that from all my meditation and my poetry. But yes, comes out in my actor part because I do. I like doing more comedy stuff. Accepting how you are and taking responsibility is a hard thing because you're blinded by it. And once you take off your blinders, you say, oh, look what I did. I'm like, oh, I can't believe I did <laughs> yeah. that. That's not yeah. me. It's, it's so true. And then you, you look back and you're like, I don't know who that person was. I'm a totally different person now. Exactly. <laughs> like 
the people that knew me before, they would have never thought that I'd be a meditation teacher. <laughs> it's like her. Mm-hmm. I, I always had anxiety, but being yeah. able to work through that anxiety and realize it was anxiety. I didn't even know I had anxiety. I thought it was just that that's just the way I was. And, and that's not just the way you are. If you mm-hmm. are in tune to who you are well enough to know that you have those faults, the first step is acknowledgement. The second step is change. You went through that change, but I have found in my experiences, people use that as an excuse to get away with that behavior over and over and over again. It's true because I feel like when you realize it, you have to change. I think sometimes you, when you realize you have to change, you're like, oh, I don't even want to accept it because changing is so much work, right? You're changing habits. You're changing how you are. So I feel like that's why some people just avoid it altogether, which I did too. (laughs) Yeah, I think we all have it because you don't know what's on the other side. It's true. It's very scary. I was one of these overachievers in school. I had to be on the dean's list. I had to have high grades. I had to do all of that. Why? I don't know, but I had to, right? Mm -hmm. It made me feel like I was sure-footed. Like I knew enough that if something happened, I could stand strong, but the reality Mm -hmm. is that doesn't do any of that because knowledge is great, but it doesn't help you in your personal, emotional life. Learning about yourself on the emotional state and why you act that way by therapy, by writing. Many people that suffer from anxiety and depression, they paint, they write. That's Mm self-therapy and many people don't even realize they're doing it because of that. What do you think, because we can talk about much freer now about going to therapy and not feel that Mm -hmm. stigma that people are going to think, oh, you're so problem oriented (laughs) or you're going to be a lot of work because you go to therapy. What I have seen is people that do go to therapy, their partner or their family feels like, oh, they're going to change. And yeah, you are going to change for the better. Uh, You know, especially if you have a good therapist, you're going to change to be more accepting. And what I don't think others realize is that when you become more accepting, you also become more accepting of them and you become more understanding. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't work, you move away, but it's not with animosity. It's with love. What are you working on besides your book that you would like the audience to know? But tell us a little bit about your book. It's in pre-sales and when is the release date? It's for pre-sale now and it'll be released August 8th, which was my partner, his Manai's anniversary. So I decided to release it on that day. I was like, hopefully it'll bring me good luck. (laughs) But it's good for anyone if like they're going through grief and stuff like that. That book I think is really good. Do you want to discuss the grief that you felt and what happened? Um, Sure. So he passed away. It was an accident. And I was really young at the time. We dated for like about almost four years. Mm -hmm. He was like my high school sweetheart. It was very sudden and I never like, I never experienced death until then. It hit me really hard that like somebody could literally be gone in like seconds. Mm -hmm. I mentioned in the book that like anytime things would change very suddenly, like I would be triggered because it was like, I wasn't in control. It's like about like kind of my grieving process, like, and briefly about like suicide, because I I would never commit suicide. But if God came down and was like, Hey, do you want to get out of here? Like I, in that moment, I would have said yes, because you know, you, you know, when you, I would stay up and I would be thinking about 
him and and I would even have dreams about him. So I wrote that I would have dreams that he would come back. Each dream he would it, he would come back for a new reason. So like one time he was like a soldier in the war, and he came back. And then I remember, and I wrote this in a very poetic way, but I remember saying to him in my dream, I was like, "Oh, but you're gonna leave again." Now, when it comes to grieving, because there are times you just you just don't want to be in this life anymore. It's so it's hard, and you want you don't see how it's going to get better. Thought about it myself. I think many creative people, I think recently, were being understood better. There's more mm-hmm. psychology research with it, and we actually our brain thinks differently. We're built differently, and so we feel deeper than many people. And that's overwhelming, especially when you have grief, it feels like it takes you with it. But do you really think that he would want to take you with him? I know that's how like the book kind of ends. It's like, well, I'll live for you. You know, I have a line like that, like, you're not here, but I like, I think you would want me to be happy and, you know, live my life. I've thought about not suicide, but not recently, like when I was a teenager. And I think that that's a very difficult time in life. I also had the belief that if you do, you're going to come back and live this life again. And, uh, and that kind of talked me (laughs) right out of it. I'm like, oh, heck no, I am not going to go through this again. Let me just go through it this one time, learn what I need to learn and do it. Cause I mean, there was one time that I, I was actually thinking about it and I was thinking of the different ways I can do it. And I said, I'll jump in yeah. front of a bus. I go, oh, that's too messy. I'll take a bunch of mm-hmm. pills. I go, oh, there's nothing in the cab that I could take. And there's, a- <laughs> so I went through I all these things. And then, I- oh, that's too hard. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to. And, oh, that looks too painful. I'm not yeah. going to do that one. And so then I started thinking, know. you know, I'll jump off a bridge. I go, oh, but I know I'll probably change my mind on the way down. Cause, and then I read that that's yeah. what a lot of them who have survived, they changed their mind on the way down. There's nothing you can do at that point. But yeah. I realized by thinking of all these ways and then making excuses is that my depression and my me wanting to die was because I really wanted to live. I wasn't living the life that I wanted to live. And I think mm-hmm. that's the most heartbreaking that people commit suicide because they're not living the life that they really want to live. Yeah. Because you're doing it. Cause like the pain is too much and you don't know how to deal with it. Exactly. And it's so hard. And it's like, you want to take the easy way out. Killing yourself is an easy way out of the situation. Yeah. It's easy for you. It's not easy for the people that love you. It's true. It's That's not easy true. for them. You know, I really feel that if your soul pick this lifetime to learn and you kill yourself, it's you're just going to come back and live it again. Is there any last comments you would like to make to the audience about what you've learned, about what you would like to say to them? I would say take the time for yourself, like figure out what do you want from your life? How did you play a part in, in any situation? I feel like you can take your power back by just admitting what, how you, what you did wrong in the situation, not even wrong, but like what you can just, I always say this in my head, how can I make it easy? How can I make it easy, this situation easy for myself and not make it like a struggle? And I think just taking responsibility is the easiest way to get out of something. Yeah. Let's see what your part plays in it because life is not meant to be really hard. 
It's not. Mm-hmm. We put ourselves in that position because we have these beliefs and ideas that life has to be A, A B, and C. Mm-hmm. It's not. Life is where mm-hmm. it takes it. And it could take you on such a beautiful adventure if we just allow it to. And I think if we would just stop fighting ourselves and be more like nature and know that nature has its peaks and valleys, then we can be more accepting of ourselves. I agree. That's what I'm working on now is just accepting it, (laughs) accepting things. Yeah. Sitting in that discomfort, being like, it's okay. It's okay that this is going wrong. (laughs) That was brought to you so you could learn a lesson. Why am I getting Mm -hmm. this? Sometimes you got to save your soul and save your mind to continue to the next step. When you don't Mm -hmm. let it go, it will let you go eventually. I know. (laughs) I know. It will let (laughs) you go. You will break up somehow, be it business, relationship, some people, even family. I really feel that family Mm -hmm. is our biggest lesson in this life to learn is how to work in a family and how. Mm-hmm. to be a, a strong family unit. That's, that's a big challenge I find in many families. But I think those are the lessons we need to learn. So in closing, do you have anything else to say? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've said a lot. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> How can people reach you and where can they buy your books? So both of my books are on Amazon. Uh, last kiss and uh, lose me i'm on instagram tiktok pinterest <laughs> so and i'll put all that information on the on, on the notes too yes. do you have a website that they can contact you on yes it's mdswrites.com that's my like writing name but all my books are under my name melissa de silva well melissa thank you so much for being on the show i really appreciate you and thank you and many blessings thank you thanks for having me on <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Poetic Resurrection Podcast, available on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Music, and many other podcast platforms. Please visit us and subscribe to our newsletter at PoeticResurrection.com for the latest information and updates.